Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim G.K. Sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of The Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of The Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of The Core Business Show. I'm Tim J.K., your host. Today I have an upcoming film director and producer, Justin Simeon. We're going to talk about his his uh, movie trailer and his movie that's uh, down the pipeline called Dear White People. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you feel free to call in uh, in the next uh, probably 15 or 20 minutes at uh, 347-324-3460. Or you can pose your question in the chat room or you can email us at info at the Core Business Show. Justin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. I, I, thank you so much. I guess to begin with, our, our listeners love personal stories from uh, our guests. So, if you don't mind, tell us where you're from and how did you get started in film? Uh, yeah, so I'm from Houston, Texas, uh, <laughs> born and raised there, um, and I uh, always wanted to be a filmmaker. So, uh, I went to performing arts school there and um, did theater for, for four years and uh, came to California to go to film school and, um, you know, did that. It was a very interesting experience. Uh, I went to a school called Chapman uh, in Orange County, which is a little bit outside of L.A. And, uh, from uh, you know, from there just kind of got internships and, and just started working. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, yeah. So going to Chapman, they kind of gave you kind of basic foundations. Um, kind of tell us, about film school, what is about? Is it just like college and or is specialized into a, a particular thing? Tell us about what well, is film school. Yeah, well, Chapman. I mean, Chapman's a university. You know, um, I, I, you know, went there and got my bachelor's there. Uh, uh, but I, I was a film student, so that was my major. I was a film major. I think it was film production, was the name of the major at the time. And um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, you have to you know get all of your academic credits, but then. You know, my my film-specific classes, I took classes in screenwriting. I took a class called, you know, Acting for Non-Actors, which is funny because I was actually an actor before I went to to film school. Um, And, uh, you know, lots of directing classes, visual storytelling classes, uh, and just kind of, uh, you know, worked on shorts and and made things of my own uh, for four years there. Wow. So once you finish, you you um, before you finish, you went to a lot of interns. You well, tell us about your intern experience with uh, some of the the companies you've been involved with. Well, uh, to be honest, yeah, I actually had one internship. In okay, no problem. I was I was a very busy uh, kid. I mean, I was a, I was you know photo editor for the paper. Uh, like I said, I was a student, so I was also doing my my senior thesis. Uh, my senior year there, and I also had an internship at Focus Features, uh, uh, which was great because I, the one thing I didn't really feel like I was getting from my film education was the knowledge about publicity, and I knew that my, you know, my first attempts at filmmaking were definitely going to be, you know, what they call specialty films, you know, niche with niche audiences, and I wanted to mm-hmm. do a publicity internship, you know, with a company that uh, excelled at at marketing those kinds of projects. And so that internship at Focus turned into a job at Focus, and um, that's kind of what got me started. 
Wow. So going through uh, your internship, and how did you, how did that prepare you to learn how to, I guess, prepare a movie or the whole production? Because there's a lot of components that's part of this um, than just filming. Can you tell us about how that whole process worked when you uh, launched a particular film and how that prepared you uh, in order to launch your film? Well, I mean, I think, like, a, a lot of things, you know, have prepared me. I mean, the, the thing about movies is that, like, you know, I think film school is great and you can learn a lot and have a lot of experiences there, but nothing really prepares you to make a movie. I mean, to be honest <laughs> with you, like, there's nothing like just the process of having to, like, bang your head against the wall for years trying to get a project made that really tells you how to do it. Um, you know, I think what my internship and in, in kind of career in publicity and marketing across a, a bunch of studios in the last seven years um, it has all been about kind of like teaching me about all kinds of aspects of the industry, um, you know, be it what kinds of scripts they're selling, uh, you know, what makes what makes a, a campaign successful after a movie is made. Um, you know, I, I got my hands into a lot of social media and marketing and publicity campaigns. And so when it came time to, um, you know, do my film with their white people, you know, uh, you know, I knew to have my social media accounts all together. I knew to, you know, if I was going to put something on YouTube, I knew to have a, a call to action at the end of it. You know, those are the kinds of things that I picked up. Um, you know, in terms of packaging a movie, uh, you know, the best you can do is just kind of read about it, ask a lot of questions, and then hope when it's your ch your chance to do it that you don't mess up too bad. You know, because <laughs> uh, there's there's a lot of there's there's a lot of steps. Uh, you know, a lot of steps that nothing can really prepare you for except for, for just, you know, just doing it and trying to be present uh, in the process and, and stay open and, you know, uh, and be willing to learn. Wow. So when you – it takes a lot of work in putting this together from this, the writing out the script, doing your storyboards and all of that, that whole experience, how long did it normally take – how long did it take you – to put this project together? Uh, well, I'm still in the process of putting it together. I mean, the script, you know, I began working on the script in 2005. So mm -hmm. that was a long, that was a while ago. <laughs> you know, that's, the first draft of the script came in 2005. And I don't think I was a strong enough writer at the time to write an ensemble piece. Uh, and it took some years for me to, you know, I worked at a TV show pilot idea once, at once and, uh, you know, it was uh, several versions of the script. Um, and it really wasn't until about two and a half years ago that me and the producers decided, like, let's really go for this. Let's try and make this your first feature. And uh, that was, you know, a, a really lengthy process, just writing draft after draft after draft of the screenplay. And we did a workshop with some actors, and it was out of that workshop that we really felt like we had a movie. Uh, you know, the, the the reading was electric. The, the conversation that we had after it was so profound. And we just felt like the movie was ready. And, uh, you know, then after that, it was several months until we were able to pull together uh, the trailer uh, piece, uh, which, you know, at the time was really just conceived to, to, to pitch the film so that when we went to meetings to talk to people about the idea, uh, we didn't just have a script. Uh, we also had kind of like something that showed my vision for the piece. Um, and luckily, you know, we're smart enough to put that online, and that's kind of where a lot of the attention has come from uh, since the trailer. It's from, you know, just the buzz about the trailer being online. Um, and, you know, from from here, it's really just about trying to leverage that interest 
into financing the rest of the film. Uh, we were able to raise a tremendous amount of money for the pre-production of the film. Uh, but that's just the first step, you know, um, really getting the budget together, hiring the legal counsel, uh, and, and just kind of putting, you know, just kind of early bits in place for the film. That's just that's the first that's the first step. And luckily we're there. Uh, but the second step is to definitely finance and actually uh, get the film into production, where we're working on right now. Perfect. We're going to take a break real quick, and we're going to play the little clip that uh, that you guys have out that's uh, on uh, YouTube and some other places. So we're going to play that clip real quick, and then we're going to come back and, and bring us to the moment uh, when you you sit down in the room and thought about this particular concept and how did you get that energy to make it live and to what you have today. So we'll be back in a moment. We'll play the clip. And uh, I'll be back with uh, Justin Simeon. Cool. Forget Hollywood and forget Halle Perry. Mm. Yes, forget. Like, can we get a movie with, you know, characters in them instead of stereotypes wrapped up in Christian dogma? Yo, Lucas, I want my $15 back for Red Tails 2. Most people are here to see Fang 9. And it's Kelly Rowland in it. Oh! Oh! Dear white people, breaking news, the amount of black friends required to not seem racist has now been raised to two. Sorry, your weed man Tyrone does not count. Dear white people, please stop touching my hair. Does this look like a petting zoo to you? Hey, Biatch, your hair is so cute. Is it weaved? Dear white people, listening to Flowrida does not make you practically black. What are you doing here? They want me to do a profile piece on black culture at Manchester, of which you are so clearly an expert. Dear white people, dating a black person doesn't count if it pisses off your parents. Did you come? Yeah, you know. Dear white people. Sam, your show is racist. Well, black people can't be racist. Stop dancing. Agree to disagree. Sam, what would you do if someone started your black people? There's no need for it, dear black people. Cops, Fox News, and reality TV let us know exactly what you think of us. This is thing she is, man. I don't know. <laughs> Spike Lee and Oprah had a pissed off baby or something. <laughs> Every year we throw a party. And the theme is not something inordinately sensitive or otherwise stupid on campus. Okay, so uh, what's this year's theme? She's running for house? Well, Sam White's little movement's been getting a bit out of hand. Do you agree? Of course. Maybe we'll put her down the side. We do not have a race problem here in Manchester. Are you even in the Black Student Union? You think I'm black enough for the union? There isn't a right way to be black. What do you want? I want what we always talked about. Wife, kids, I want all of that. I really, really do. That is our challenge. How to be bigger than black. When there is no word for it. When there is no precedent in the culture. Wait, nigga, what you got on right now? Yeah, boy, public enemy, Yo. You guys get country clubs, and we get to say nigga.
why people kind of tell us, you know, uh, I saw your CNN interview that was really, it was wonderful. Kind of tell us uh, when you sit down in a room to talk about this particular movie, and you've been working on this for the last several years. How did you come up with the title? Oh, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I think uh, well, the movie was called Two Percent for a while because uh, it was about the, you know this college where only two percent of the population was black, and I think we I, I was never in love with that title, you know, um, and I I don't know what it was, but I think it was it was years later when I was in the workplace. And uh, I was just kind of feeling the same way that I felt in college of like, wow, you know, being the only black person in this mostly white environment, you know, has a lot of interesting, you know, stories to say. And I and I want to say like, <laughs> this is going to sound so terrible, but I want to say it was like, you know, the, the 14th time someone had forwarded me, you know, somebody doing a single ladies video or something. And I think I wrote back, you know, sarcastically, <laughs> I was like, dear white people, the single ladies dance is dead please, you know, hang up your skirts and turn your YouTube cameras off, something like that. And my friend really chuckled at it. And I realized that, like, you know, I realized that I was kind of channeling this character in my script. Her name is Sam, and she's she's kind of the person who starts the Dear White People radio show on campus. And I decided to kind of, I, you know, it all, what I decided to do when I kind of, like, went really hard on the script and was really dedicated to, to getting the, the draft ready I started a Twitter account called Dear White People um, really to test jokes and really to, like, kind of beat out Sam's voice and to kind of uh, see how she would be received, you know. And mm -hmm. once I started doing that, it was just like, obviously, this is the title. Like, this is like, you know, when people, when, you know, I remember when I told one of my producers, like, the title, she, you know, she went, whoa, that's definitely going to get people's attention and you know i think all people have to do is say the title and you'll either get a chuckle or you'll get a concerned look and that's kind of the point of a movie title <laughs> you know is this is that instant like you know should hit your ear a certain way uh and so um that's just kind of what it became wow what is it like channeling uh, a particular person that is just part of you and you putting that into reality I mean, how do you actually sit there and channel a particular idea and just keep pushing that idea over and over and and making this person a breathing real character? I mean, the hardest part about writing to me is just, like, facing your fear, honestly. Like, that's going to sound really whatever, but I think we all have the ability to sit down and, and channel something, you know, because uh, the mm -hmm. truth is all the characters in the movie, they are different aspects of me, and they are me at different times in my life. And so to just sit down, you know, in front of a computer screen or in front of a canvas or in front of whatever your medium is, you know, in front of a, a microphone on a radio show, whatever your 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 thing is, um, and be honest, you know, that it's really just about facing your fear. Like, you know, procrastination, I'm a big believer that procrastination is really just fear in disguise, you know. Um, wow. And, and, and that was the hardest thing, really, is to just be like, no, I'm not going out. I'm not, you know, meeting up with my friends. I'm not going to this dinner. I'm not doing anything on my day off, but I'm going to sit in front of this computer screen and I'm going to write. And if it comes out bad, then so be it. And I'm just going to keep doing it until, until it's good. And that honestly is the hardest part, you know, uh, just getting over the fear that it's not going to be great and to just try to let whatever that stuff is inside of you come out, you know, um, 
that's the hardest part for me, you know. Uh, the easiest part is the idea because the idea kind of just comes to you, like when you're open to it. When I'm open to it, like the ideas kind of come, you know, naturally. And if I'm having, if I'm stuck in a certain aspect of the script, you know, it, it, you know, it's, it's really just a walk or a shower or you know some sort of activity later, and it'll, you know, an answer will will kind of present itself. But you know, I have to get, I have to first get over the the worry and the concern and the fear of it all to really let that happen, you know. Wow. So even if you take all of this and um, all these particular ideas and you put them all together, uh, when you put them together and you know, you have your film project, the biggest thing about have uh, you mentioned about fear at the very top of the hour. What was in you to say I'm going to go full steam ahead and I'm going to go and push this all the way through and I'm going to give it all my all and whatever happens happens. Well, I, you know, when I was in film school and and if you know it was a very white school and and not only was it very white and I've always had friends of many different races so it really wasn't mm-hmm. that it was the fact that these particular students, a lot of them had never really met black people before, really had no cultural experience outside of their own culture. And uh, I just started thinking, like, wow, this is I, this is a unique situation that I'm in, but it's also universal at the same time because I know I'm not the only one who feels how, you know, isolating this is. And I just started collecting these kind of anecdotal stories in college and felt like, I don't know, there was something inside of me that this could be a thing. Like, this is, like, something that hasn't really been talked about in the movie um, the college, the black college experience has not has never really been discussed in this particular way and with this particular voice. And and at the time, I just got excited about that as an idea. And then later, uh, you know, once I was in, you know, you know, professionally, you know, a little bit more advanced and a little bit more experienced as a writer and all that. Um, I don't know. I just felt like I just felt like it was really new, and I felt like. A, a new discussion about race identity was already kind of bubbling up in the zeitgeist, and it was happening in TV with Dave Chappelle. It was happening in politics with the whole birther movement with Obama. It was happening in books, you know, uh, from How to Be Black to Who's Afraid of Post Black America, Post Racial America by Ture. Uh It was happening everywhere, but it wasn't happening in film. In film, you know, we were getting one or two kinds of movies consistently in the past ten years. And uh, I don't know. I just it, I felt like this was the time for this movie. Um, Absolutely. I felt, like it, I felt like it was a great it was a great a debut feature film for me uh, to try and pursue. So I just went for it. <laughs> you know, I had wow. that voice in my head telling me to go for it. And you know, despite all the odds, because the odds are certainly not with you if you're trying to make an independent black film. Um, and I just did. <laughs> and that's what's gotten me to where I am right now. Well, it was really amazing. We go back 25 years and we look at uh, people in the industry that influenced you. Who were your influencers? Uh, my biggest film influence is Stanley Kubrick. I mean, really, like, it was watching his films as a teenager that really kind of showed me that movies could be more than just entertainment, that movies really could be statements about, mm-hmm. you know, the human nature, about the human condition. Obviously, I'm a huge Spike Lee fan. I mean, Do the Right Thing to me is, like, probably the most articulate movie in terms of discussion about race that there is. Like, I think the film is brilliant. I think Spike Lee is brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a fan of Wes Anderson. I'm a fan of P.T. Anderson. I'm a fan of Fellini. 
I'm I'm a fan of like auteur filmmakers, people who have very specific, perhaps personal visions that are sometimes flawed and sometimes brilliant. But you know, those are those are the kind of people that I I, I follow, and and those are the career. That's the kind of career that I'd like to have. Wow, you know, we we talk about also during that uh, time in the '80s. Uh, Spike Lee first came out with the movie uh, "She's Got to Have It" and was low budget. But however, and it was I think black and white, but it took the yeah it took the whole market by storm, and then he, of course he came with some other productions. But this was a low cost movie that he got to print. Even looking at the Blair Witch Project, that's another specialty uh, type project that got made millions um, in the in the in this particular niche. Your particular niche itself that you kind of try to portray, how do you you think, for example, if your particular movie, when it comes out, is going to hit a certain audience? And that particular audience itself, um, what do you think where we are? Because it's several dimensions of uh, African Americans these days. What dimension you think is going to, uh, that's going to appeal to? Is it going to be the young adults who's maybe from college or is it going to be the the middle age uh, African Americans? Tell us what particular market this one's going to be geared towards. I mean, I think like you know the conventional wisdom is that it's you know you you, you it's you know late high school to early career, right? So it's like what seventeen mm-hmm. to the, I don't know twenty five. It's probably black folks. It's probably like you know the quote unquote target audience. And when I say quote unquote, I mean like that's you know the primary marketing focus. But I will say that when you look at the response the trailers gotten in our Indiegogo campaign. It is people of all ages, of all races. You know, uh, you know, we have a lot of white fans, a lot of fans who are not black, or who do not have that specific black experience. But I think, like, I think that there is something really universal about feeling different than what the culture says you are. And you know, that is not just a black experience, and that's not just a young black experience either. And you know, I think. Uh, I think one of the things, like, one of the most profound things that someone said to me, um, uh, you know, she, this is an adult black woman, uh, you know, she said the, the reason why this, this movie strikes a nerve is because um, a lot of black people feel multicultural. Like, black wow. people don't feel just like I, I, you know, I'm just a part of black culture. Black people don't feel that way anymore. That's an outdated mode of thinking. You know, black people take on aspects of many different cultures. And there's an awkwardness about it. You know, some people have shame about it. Um, And it's it's something that people talk about amongst themselves, but it's never really been addressed publicly. And so I feel really confident the movie is going to connect with a lot of people, Um, you know, because although I am telling a story about this group of college kids, you know, this college world is a microcosm. It's really about the the, the American experience. You know, it's a, it's really about America, the black experience in America. Um, but it's just through the eyes of these of these kids. Um, wow. So obviously, like obviously, like from a marketing standpoint, obviously we want to hit the college markets, and obviously there's going to be a lot of love there. But I really do feel like the film has the potential to cross over um, to, to to different audiences as well. In social media and you marketing this film, how are you marketing it? Uh, I know you, you're really big on social media, and you, you do have a, a funding source as well. You also can mention uh, how you're marketing right now and to get the energy. 
I mean, to be honest with you, like, so much of my energy right now is on trying to get the movie made. You know, the engine is really kind of pushing itself at this point. You know, I think, like, my job as a filmmaker is to be authentic and to tell my best story. And if I do that, then hopefully people will show up. (laughs) Uh, Okay. And and all all the avenues are in place, our Twitter account in place, you know, I'm obviously talking to you. Uh, you know, I'm talking to folks when you know when people want to talk to me, obviously. And and you know, we have the blog up, we have the Tumblr account, and uh, you know, these opportunities are coming our way, and we're open to them and we're embracing them. But just to say that we, you know, are somehow sitting in meetings thinking about how we're, you know, strategizing how we're going to market the product, that's not happening. You know, because when we, you know, what we're doing right now is just trying to get the thing made. Um, I think, like, you know, the, the the best thing I can say is that we put a lot of work into that trailer. I put a lot of work into the script and we made sure we had all the avenues open. We had our Facebook page, we had our Twitter page, we have our Tumblr account. Um, you know, we're building our website right now so that people can, you know, uh potentially take part in contests and submissions and we can provide T shirts to people and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, but it's it's the audience that's driving it, to be honest with you. Um wow. it's definitely it's definitely our fans that are driving it at this point. Okay. If you had something to say to an investor that might be listening, um, what will you say to that in particular investor about this particular movie and what you want to accomplish with it? No, uh, I think, uh, you know, I think uh, what we're trying to say is that um, I think it's obvious that there's a, a, a hunger, a thirst in, in, in terms of, of black films. Um, I think it's been a really, really long time since a movie like this has been made. And not, I mean, obviously people are hungry for it. And it's, you know, it's not just something I can say because I'm a part of that audience. You know, I can point to our Indiegogo page and I can point to our YouTube page and I can point to our Tumblr and how rapidly, you know, people respond to the stuff that we post there and, and say there really is an audience and they're starving. They haven't gotten a movie for them in a really long time, a smart movie from a black perspective um you know like this they they haven't gotten that in a while and uh you know i just feel like i just feel like it's i feel like it's past time to really like bring back you know the adult black film and i think that there's some great films from from black filmmakers out there that we need to Mm -hmm. embrace um middle of nowhere is coming out in october by ava duvernay you know we all need to embrace that film when it comes out it's brilliant and uh it's you know for adult smart black people and you know uh you know we gotta we gotta support these movies um but yeah i would say i would say that like uh yeah i would say that, that the audience is there they're primed they're hungry they're ready they're ready to they're ready to go see it i can't tell you how many times i get <laughs> emailed or tweeted or facebook like when when can we come see it you know we just want to see it when it's open <laughs> And I'm like, I don't know. When we when do we start shooting? <laughs> That's I got to answer that question first. Um, wow. So okay, and you, that's what you, I would say. <laughs> now, do you guys have a like a proposal, uh, a perspective on this particular project yet, or is it still in the works? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're pretty ready to go, to be honest. We are. Uh, you know, there's there's been a lot of interest uh, based on the success of the trailer. Um, and right now it's just about listening to everybody that's coming to the table and seeing what the best opportunity is for the film. Um, and I feel really good about, I feel really good about, uh, landing, you know, landing a, you know, a way to get the film made. So, uh, you know, if anybody is interested in being a part of that conversation, it is right now. (laughs) And how can, uh, how can they reach out to you? 
Uh, sure, you can you can contact uh, Dear White People Movie at gmail dot com. That hits all the producers' emails. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's DWP Movie at gmail dot com. That's the exact email address. Um, you can go to justinsimian dot com. My contact information is there. Uh, and uh, and yeah, we're we're here. We're listening. We're all ears. <laughs> and you're still taking so, contributions on your uh, on uh, Indiegogo. We are the Indiegogo. Uh, the Indiegogo campaign is over, but if you go to um, dearwhitepeoplemovie.com, dot uh, com, you can you can continue to make a contribution, um, and we will continue to honor uh, honor the perks that we were offering in our Indiegogo campaign. Absolutely. So, uh, well, great. I really appreciate it, Justin. And um, if someone is out there who's interested in uh, investing in this project, you know, just go ahead and. Email you at uh, dwpmovie at gmail dot com. Well, Justin, thank you for coming on the program. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. Uh, okay, thank you for listening. You Take care. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Corpus and Show. This is Tim Jake, your host. You can download the episode on iTunes or Block Talk Radio. Everybody, have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. For a free quote on equipment leasing and financing, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. And fill out the information to receive your free quote. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to The Core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. Thanks again for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet.